0: Wow, so good. What an incredible uh, just moment. Of worship there that our, our team helped kind of bring us into, and yeah, why don't you just why don't you say thank you, Jesus? You know, sometimes it's good to verbalize what's resonating in our hearts, and sometimes you know it's a bit like we gotta we gotta make a decision to be intentional in our worship, not just feel the feels that happen sometimes because we don't live according to just our feelings, and sometimes we've got to intentionalize, we've got to put language to what's going on in our heart, and we just say thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, so, you know. It's easy when we're in a corporate setting and there's a hundred people that are drawing praise out of us, but it can be a little bit more difficult if we're sitting on our couch by ourselves or or with one or two other people from our family. And I just want to say right now just verbalize some praise to our God. He is awesome, He is mighty, He is powerful, He is faithful. Come on, He is good, He is always with us, He never leaves us, He never forsakes us. He is with you right now. Morning. So come on, lift up a little bit of praise to your God this morning, to our God this morning, our Father in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. I don't know i feel like there's just something on this series that we have stepped into as a church and i want to say congratulations for everyone who was jumping across to youtube started on our online platform but jumped across uh, we we uh, we want to say well done and you know it's interesting right like two weeks in a row uh, we've had the opportunity to allow a little disruption to distract us from connecting together as a community and to hear what God has for us. And I'm just I'm just here to say well done if you had not allowed that little disruption to distract you from what God has for you this morning. And you know, maybe you're, maybe you're floating between the two. Why don't you make a decision right now? What platform are you gonna commit to right now in this moment to hear God's Word, to receive God's Word? Just lean in. I really believe God wants to challenge us as a community this morning. I believe He wants to speak to us. I believe that this whole series is very timely. It wasn't just convenient that we had a Halloween Sunday to kick off a series looking at the enemy and how He wants to work in our lives, but actually God had a plan to bring a little bit of an awareness, a little bit of clarity to us because of the season that we're walking through as a church so that we wouldn't get, get deceived into thinking or well, we wouldn't get off track because we aren't aware of the way the enemy might try to work in our lives in this season, I'm telling you, God is setting us up as a church. He is setting us up for something incredible. I believe it. This morning we're up here as a team praying and now God was just moving. Holy Spirit started speaking some things out. It was great. And I can't wait to get everyone back into that atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can be speaking out over people's lives. But, uh, you know, you know, we can we can so easily get complacent in this season. And this is this is my, my one challenge to you this morning, and that is instead of getting complacent, why don't you why don't you start now to get expectant? Because we are coming back together. And we're going to be communicating the details of that this week. We're going to finalize exactly what it looks like. uh, The timeline that we are on, uh, working with HSPA to be able to be back in the venue together as a church community, having a party in that place, celebrating our God, celebrating the fact that we have been found, that He has called us into a new life, right? Like all the amazing things. We are coming back. And I'm telling you, you better, you better be starting to get excited about that. If you're not, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit to begin stirring in you an expectation to gather together as a community. But uh, this is my challenge, not just to get expected. This is my challenge, right? We've talked a little bit about the fact that it's not a party that we put on for you to attend, but it's, it's your party, right? Like what we put together on a Sunday is a, is a communal throwing of a celebration, I want to ask you right now to consider what part you play in that. What part do you play? Because I believe we're stepping back into a season of of growth. I believe we're stepping back into a season where some of the things like our online service, you know, we want to continue that. We want to see increase. We want to see people's gifts begin to get utilized. People that perhaps have have, have been sitting on gifts or has just been in their back pocket for a season. I feel like God is putting His finger on some people's lives right now in readiness for us to return, that God has a part for you to play in His party, in the party celebrating our salvation, the fact that He has found us. And I want to challenge you to start considering what part do you play in putting on our party? The party that is, it's all of our party, but what part do you play? That's my challenge for you this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll jump off of that now and, uh, and get into the, the message for this morning. But I just i felt like I needed to see that this morning because there is so many places for you to bring your gift as an offering to our God in that, that, that Sunday expression. I would love for every person to be involved. And um, anyway, why don't, we do, why don't we get into the Word of God this morning, hey? Why don't we do that? It's going to be good. 1 Peter. 1 Peter is our series scripture. And if you were with us last week, we began a series entitled Know Your Enemy. Yes, I did. I totally named it after Rage Against the Machine song from the 90s. If you're offended with that, please uh, forgive me. Um, I love, uh, you know, 90s rock. It's like my go-to playlist. You know, if I just want to have to open the sunroof of my car and have a little have a little expression session, then uh, that goes on. And I couldn't resist, you know, the correlation between a series where we unpack. How the enemy works in our lives and uh, calling it know your enemy. So, in a way, that is what we are trying to do. We're trying to allocate a small amount of time in this year to just raise our level of awareness of the enemy that that we have as believers. And last week, if you if you if you missed it, we actually unpacked scripturally a little bit of the history behind the the devil. We unpacked kind of what was his origin, where did he sort of how is he who he is today. How did he become who he is? And, and the whole idea of, you know, the, the demons that are kind of working with him. And I'm not going to kind of retrace old ground, but I would encourage you, why don't you spend some time this week and go back, look it up on YouTube. Have a, have a watch because context is super important. Uh, we're going we're to unpack this morning more about the enemy's character, uh, but it's difficult sometimes to talk about his character if we don't understand his origin. Uh, so I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that message. But we, uh, we're looking at his reality, we're looking at his, his history, and we're looking at how he operates in our lives in the present. And like I said, our series scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5, here it is, verse 8 and 9. It says, stay alert. That's a great way to begin a a scripture, right? Stay alert, wake up. And I I yelled a lot last week. I'm going to not do that this week, I promise. (laughs) Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. We're going to unpack that a little bit this week, that idea of like something. The enemy is like something, but he is not true to it, okay? Uh, He is looking for someone to devour. Uh, Let's stand firm. Stand firm against Him. You you know, you have the capacity to do that. Be strong in your faith. Come on, let's build each other up in the most holy faith, right? Like our our, our weapon, our our shield against Him, our shield of faith, our weapon of the Word, which is truth, which we activate with our faith, right? Like faith is the key in resisting the enemy. Stand firm. Remember that your family of believers all over the world, is going through the same kind of suffering you are. It's super important because well, last week we unpacked the fact that the enemy would love to let you get you isolated, make you think you're the only one, make you think that you're, you know, the only, I'm the only one struggling with this. I'm the only one that's battling these thoughts. I'm the only one that's questioning this aspect of faith because it's difficult to believe something when I'm feeling something totally different, right? Like, and, and Peter's like, you are not alone. Because if you, can, if you think you're alone, man, you're going to try to fight this alone. You're not going to get the support of one another. You're not going to get the, the idea of the collective together building each other up. So we're going to unpack that a little bit this morning. And a second scripture, just to give you this morning, a second scripture to set out our kind of our course here today is John 10.10. 10. And John 10.10 10 says this. He says that the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, God's purpose, the, the, the Holy Spirit's purpose in your life is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. I love another translation that says that will give you life and life abundant, right? And that's, and that's springing up from inside of us. So we're gonna pray and we're gonna dive into the Word of God this morning. Father, I wanna thank you so much That you are with us, that you have not left us ill equipped. God, you have not left us, uh, Lord, unable to uh, resist the enemy to stand firm against him. No, God, you have given us everything we need. Uh, In fact, you have already won the battle. And that when we talk about the enemy, Lord, I pray that you would remind us that we talk uh, from a position of victory where he is defeated and we are already victorious in Christ Jesus. And so Lord, this morning, I pray you would stir in us a resolve. You would stir in us a confidence. You would stir in us a desire to stand firm against His schemes in our lives and see Him uh, defeated in the name of Jesus. I pray this morning you would bring freedom and life in all abundance, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, and why don't you put it in the chat, say amen. If you're on YouTube, you can still put it in the comment section. Uh, If you're logged in, you can comment. But if you're on our church online platform, throw it in the chat, say amen. Uh, Let everyone know you are with them this morning. You're watching, you're listening, you're connecting, and you're going on this journey together. So last week I made a controversial comment. Um, I said GoldenEye was the greatest Nintendo 64 game, okay, of the 90s. I went, I went right out there, full controversy, right? People are people probably, you know, no, they're not. They're not Instagramming about it, but... Having, having kind of thought about that this week, I've realised that, you know, the truth is there was another very good game. There was another very good game and uh, me and my mates would play this game in tandem, right? We would, we would play GoldenEye, Paintball Mode, right? Like, and, and, and we would also play Mario Kart. Can I get it? Can I get a name, man? Come on, in the chat, I could give me something on Mario Kart because like, like it's making a comeback on Nintendo Switch, and um, I, I, I promise you, I'm, I, you know, we're not, well, I'm not sponsored by Nintendo or anything, but. Mario Kart, like, I I committed hours of my early teen years to Mario Kart, and I like to think I got pretty good. You know, you got, like, the slide around the corner where you're, like, tweaking your thumb. Like, I can still, like, double joint my thumb from, like, switching the toggle side to side to get the skid to build up the, the turbo out of the corner, expert level. And... um. The, you know, the thing about like spending a lot of time in Mario Kart is you actually began to learn some things about the game, right? You learned that on every track, uh, the, the the characters that you were playing against, and my, my arch nemesis was always Bowser, right? I don't know if you had an arch nemesis, but when I played, it was Bowser. And him and I were always like at each other. And But I began to learn that Bowser was programmed to take a particular, like, way around the track, right? And and if you're like me and you devoted many hours to the game, you actually began to understand where he would go on particular corners, right? And and because he was programmed, he would do it every single lap, every single lap. He would take that particular line into that corner or he would take that particular line into that jump. And uh, one of my favourite tracks, and I don't know if you know the game quite this well, but it was like the last track on, on, the, on, the, on like the, the flower Grand Prix and... And, and you would have you would have a jump that that you bite it was like a figure eight and you jump back over the track and the best thing was that if you could position a little banana in the right spot on that jump they would spin out and drop down and have to repeat the circuit right it was awesome like i spent hours and hours and hours just just laughing at, at anyway the thing was, I knew exactly where to place that banana because I learned the, the course that, that each player, like a Bowser, took around, around the track, right? And, um, and it's, it's interesting because he couldn't operate any different to how he was programmed, right? He couldn't. It wouldn't have mattered if he wanted to dodge that banana. The fact was I had placed it perfectly in the path at which he was programmed to take and he could do nothing but hit that banana, spin out and and drop down into the, you know. And and so I would win time and time again because uh, not necessarily I was a better driver, but I would win because I learned how he was programmed and I would choose to fight against how he was programmed and win that way. And it's interesting because if we, if we were able to relate the way in which Bowser or the way in which Donkey Kong, right, Donkey Kong was another arch nemesis, love it, the way in which he was programmed, we would understand the way in which they behaved on the track. And, you know, the same can be said for the enemy. The same can be said for our enemy in the spiritual realm, right? Not necessarily our enemy on the Mario Kart track, but our enemy in the spiritual realm is because he has a character that doesn't change. And if we can understand His character, we will understand how He behaves because He cannot behave in any way other than according to His character. Neither can you and I in actual fact, okay? So if, you are, if you're recognizing you've got some behaviors in your life that you're trying to change, don't try to change them from the outside in. Jesus changes us from the inside out, right? Let, let Jesus rewire, reprogram. You've got a new nature inside. I just want to encourage you this morning right now that if the enemy is telling you in some way you're always going to. Be like that, you're never gonna change. That is incorrect because you have a new nature, you got a new program, character inside of you, and the Holy Spirit is working to, to stir that up. And if he stirs that up, you will find your behaviors change naturally. Okay. But the the, the the enemy, his character is a certain way. If we can have an understanding of his character, if we can learn a little bit about how, how he's wired then we can start to see how he's gonna behave. We can start to pick his path. We can start to realize, oh, he's he, he, he's coming at me the same way as he came at me last time. Oh wait, the same way that he came at Eve, he came at Jesus and he's still coming at me, right? Like the enemy has no new tricks. He hasn't learned a new character. He's got the same character, which means he's got the same behavior. And if we can learn his behavior, we can place a scriptural banana right behind us and he's gonna spin out and we're gonna be like, well, saw that coming because you got nothing you. You're still coming at me the same way. But the problem is that we're unaware. And this is what Peter's saying. Don't be unaware. Learn how the enemy uh, is wired learn how he's going to act so that you can defeat him easily. I want to, I just want to make a really, really, really straight out point here. And that is that it is not difficult to defeat the enemy. Do you know why? He's already been defeated. Right? Like he's, he's under our foot. It's not difficult to defeat an enemy that's already under my foot. That's not difficult. The deception he gives you is that it's difficult to defeat him. And we, 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 we buy into that. We buy into that. And so we think, and we get fearful. And as soon as we allow that spirit of fear, we've already allowed him into and have activity in our life. And it's like, we have got to understand how easy it is to, to stand in the, the victory and, and defeat a defeated foe right? Like we're not, even, we're not even necessarily trying to defeat him again. We're just trying to live by faith in the reality of what Jesus has already done for us. And so it's easy to defeat the enemy if we understand his character and therefore his behaviour. We will not be unaware of his schemes. We will be aware and therefore we, therefore we will be able to it's really interesting if we are unaware, we suddenly find that we are unable. If we're blindsided, if we're surprised, if he catches us like off guard, that, that is one of the ways in which he operates most effectively in the lives of believers. It's not because he's more powerful. It's not because he's, he's all-knowing. In fact, in fact, I'm going to unpack that in a little bit. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He's not all-powerful, okay? He's not, he's not in all places at once. He is not God, right? God is omniscient, omnipresent and all-powerful. The enemy is not, okay? And if we can be aware of that, then we already begin to have an understanding of how you know, we can have victory over Him in our lives. But I'm getting a little bit, a little bit in front of myself here. My notes have gone to sleep on me. It's never a good thing. Here we go. So, if we're to have a confidence in our battles with the enemy, we must, we must not just have an awareness of his reality, but we almost also must have an understanding of his character. And, and like we've said, his character is that behind-the-scenes behaviour, that programming, like Bowser had, you know, the programming, because he is always going to function according to it. And ignorance is equal to defeat, but awareness is our first step to victory, all right? You can write, you can write that down if you're a note taker. This is what Peter is trying to, to shake up believers about, because, because he knows if they are ignorant to the enemy's schemes, character and the way he works, then they are going to be defeated every time. So awareness is our first step, but understanding is our second step. Like I once heard a really good leadership teaching that said self-awareness is one thing, Okay, but if you're just aware and do nothing about it, <laughs> then you just remain aware, but still the same. Okay, and so, and so you need self-awareness and then, and then self-development. So you actually need to develop the areas that you become aware of that need development in your life. It's not good enough just to be like, oh, I know I've got that issue, and then do nothing about it. Okay, you won't change you'll just be aware and you'll tell everyone you're aware and people will be like, stop telling me about your issue. Go go, go and get some scripture that's going to speak into that issue and start to develop, okay? So, so understanding is about moving from just awareness into proactivity. And, and some... Some, some of you just need to hear that. Some of you just need to get a little bit proactive about an area that God has made you aware of in your life and not remain stagnant and not remain sitting in the awareness but shift from awareness to proactivity so that you start to see some transformation in your life, okay? Uh, we get frustrated at ourselves because we don't change but we remain in awareness and we never allow the Holy Spirit to renew our mind according to the Word of God so that we might get some change happening in our life. And what, so what we do is we just sit. In awareness, and it's like, well, that's good. It's good to be aware, but it's it's better to be proactive. It's 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 better to start to, to to develop, to start to get some transformation happening. So, what is understanding? Understanding in this context is how what we are aware of works in reality. Okay, so we can be aware that we have an enemy. We can be aware that he prowls around like a roaring lion. We can be aware that he's looking for someone to devour. That's great. But how do we? How do we then apply? Or how do we then uh, have an understanding? Of how that is at work in our reality. Well, it's about starting to understand his character and therefore his behavior. So now it's not just we're aware that he's there, he's operating, but we start to know how he's operating. And that, that, that shift in understanding allows us to have an even greater resistance against him because we're not just having this blind, like, oh, he's out there somewhere, I'm trying to resist, I'm trying to resist because I'm aware he's out there. No, 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 no. We, we now know how he comes at us so our resistance can be directed. It can be directed and effective. So, here we go. The enemy's character or person. I have a list, I have a list of like three columns here. I'm not going to go through it all, but I do want to say this, that, that the enemy never gives the true expression of whatever it is he is presenting, okay? We pick this up from 1 Peter where we are told that he is like a roaring lion. Jesus is the lion, okay? The enemy is like, he is, he is always attempting to, to present himself as something that he is not. He is always attempting to present through, through a masquerade or, or, or a counterfeit or, a, or a, 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 a slight version in an attempt to deceive us into thinking that he is something he isn't or that we are something that we're not or that God is something that He's not, okay? So so the enemy always works to either cloud himself to, to, to cloud us or to cause us to think differently about God. They're the ways in which the enemy will always work in your life, right? Because ultimately, he's working for destruction in your life. And so he, he has this three-pronged attack. Number one is, is first of all, his, his, his attempt to deceive you into who he is and how he functions, okay? The second thing he does is he works on you right? He tries to deceive you. He tries to trick you. He tries to manipulate and, 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 and kind of counterfeit, make, make you think that you are something that you're not, or that you're not what Scripture says that you are. So He will work on you. And lastly, He goes to work trying, trying to deceive you into who God is, okay? And he will, he will work overtime in that space. So some of the things that we need to know that the enemy is. Number one, the enemy... And we get this from John 8, right? He's, he is the father of lies. He is a murderer. There is no truth in him, okay? Just a couple of things. 1 Peter tells us that he is like us. So he is deceiving. He is masquerading. He works in the space of illusions, counterfeits. 2 Corinthians goes through a number of chapters, chapter 11, chapter 2, and unpacks a few other things. It says that actually the enemy is really smart, okay? Don't think the, that the enemy is dumb. The enemy is smart okay? He studies you. He knows how you work. He's not all-knowing, okay? But He studies you. He knows how you work, knows how you tick. He is a schemer. He is plotting, okay? He is planning. He is sneaky. He is cunning. He is hungry. He is relentless, okay? He is intellectual. He is persuasive, all right? Revelations 12 tells us that He is the deceiver. He is accusing. He is angry and He is pursuing, okay? So So if we don't have an understanding of the character of our enemy, then we are never going to be able to direct our resistance in such a way that it is effective. Okay, so here we go. I'm going to go through the rest of my list. Destroyer. He's a murderer, he's angry, he's deceptive, he's illusionist, he's a masquerader, he's relentless, schemer, liar, he's shrewd, he's a counterfeiter, he is sly, he's an accuser, he's sneaky, manipulative and persuasive. He is smart, he's experienced, he's cunning. There is no truth in him and that is really important to know. He will use part truths. He will use things that sound like truth, but actually there is zero truth in Him. Can't be in Him. He is... Right, he is repetitive. He's boring. Right, he doesn't have any. He not have any new tricks. He's not exciting. He's not a creator. God is the creator. So there's new excitement. That's God. Boring, the same. That's the enemy. Repetitive. He's got no new tricks, no new strategies. But he is intentional and he is purposeful. And we have to understand those things about him because if we misinterpret who he is, we'll think, Ah, oh, he's he's not really that interested. He's not really that intentional or purposeful. If we think that then we are allowing ourselves to be categorised in that space that, the, that 1 Peter tells us about where it says that he is looking for who he may devour, who he may devour. And I'm telling you, if you, if you are unaware of who he is, then you are close to positioning yourself in a space as being someone who is going to be easy to devour because you're not aware. You, 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 you're lacking an understanding of who he is and therefore how he works. So the enemy is fake and false attempting to appear as truth for the purpose of our destruction. That, that, is, that is his MO. That is how he works every single time. It's like Bowser on Mario Kart, the same path every time. He, is, he will use fake, false accusation he will he will use part truths that sound like truths right he will always act according to his character for the purpose of bringing destruction into our lives whether that's destruction of our own self and the way we see ourselves whether he's trying to destroy relationships in your life whether he's trying to do do to go to work on your mental health he, he will work in every arena to try to pull it down and bring destruction in in your life he does not want you to live full of life and freedom and joy and and peace that we get from God. So he will lie and deceive, he will trick and, and, and he will he will persuade you into believing accusations, he will persuade you into believing, condemnation, he will persuade you into believing his questions that the truth of who God is and who you are isn't the truth or or or, or just isn't true for you. And I don't know, I mean I I just a little personal insight here. It's funny, right? Like so often I have no trouble believing something for you. You, you know, respond to an altar call, man, I'll pray with you. Oh, I have so much faith for you. But do you wanna know what's harder? What's harder is believing that same truth for me. Like on a Monday or a Tuesday, when I wake up and I deal with my insecurities or, 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 or the things that I'm still trying to get transformed in my life, right? Like trying to believe that truth for me and that's where the enemy works, right? Because he's he's in there trying to be like oh, it's good for them. That oh, works for them, it doesn't work for you. It gets inside your head, he starts just just he's so subtle. It's part of his deception, is his subtlety, his sneakiness, because he he makes you think it's you. <laughs> he makes you think it's just you thinking about you. But it's not. Because he's just he's just popped this little this little thing in there. And sometimes He does lay, way less than we think. Sometimes he just, he just starts the ball rolling in your mind. And some of us are really good at analysis and like we go to analysis on ourselves and sometimes that's, we're our own worst enemy because we don't, we don't need Him to do a lot. We just let Him plant that little thought, that little seed and then and we just run with that. but He will use our experiences and He will use our own feelings <laughs> against us, right? Like as He will use them as ammunition to undermine the truth of truth. And He does this with a ferocity. And we've, we've got to understand how relentless He is because if we don't, we will disregard the amount of times he is trying to be at work in our lives. We will just think that he's just a one-off, ah, oh, you know, the direct kind of attack that sometimes we feel and we're like, oh, that was the enemy. But the 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 thousands of subtle like relentless bombarding of our mind and of our thoughts with things. We don't, we don't chalk that up as the enemy. And so we don't resist it in the same way we would resist the direct assault on our on, on our belief system, right? So, so we actually, because of our unawareness of His relentlessness, we will allow Him to actually have more ground than we would if we were aware of just how often He was attempting to, to come against us in the area of our mind, in the area of our thoughts, in the area of our belief. If we knew how relentless He was, I'm telling you, we would be on guard all the time. He is ferocious and persistent and relentless. And we've got to understand that when we're talking, when we're talking about truth here, we're talking about like life foundational. I live my life from this thing right? Like it is truth. We're not talking about like facts that are true. We're talking about like this is how I view the world. This is how I view me. This is how I view God. These are these unchanging, I build my life on the rock. The rock are these truths, right? This is what we're talking about. We're not talking about like, like, oh, it was 28 degrees yesterday. Well, that's true. Right, that's a that's a fact. That is true. It's not truth. There's a difference, and the enemy uses facts that are truth to un- facts that are true. Sorry, to undermine truth. He will take circumstantial true facts and He will use them as as His ammunition and arguments against what you are trying to believe is a foundational truth. And so one day, because it feels like it, you'll believe it. But the next day, because you don't feel like it, you don't believe it. And the enemy goes to work to compound that in your mind. And then you wonder why it is that you struggle to have ongoing transformation because you are actually trying to build truth off things that might or might not be true in the moment. It doesn't work like that. You've got to build truth of truth, whether it feels true, whether it's factually true in that moment or not, it's still truth. It is either the foundation or it's not. And you know it's funny, right? Like one of the one of the greatest deceptions that the enemy will will try to implement against us, one of, it's like his core, it's like his first level, right? Like level one, right? Like it's where you're like mushroom, track, 50cc Mario Kart, right? Like base level. If, you, if you're not winning that race, like just maybe go to Goldeneye. But this is like baseline, his deception runs, a very, it's the very core of his strategy, right? This is it, this is it. He deceives us. He deceives us in, in, in how we regard him. This is first level. Because if he can if he can deceive us into into, into thinking that he's even he's not there, right? He, just deceive us into the actual nature of his reality. If he can deceive us in that, then he has he has disarmed us against himself. Because we will walk around just like, oh, he's not, he's not, he's not really around, he's not really there, he's not really doing anything. When actually he's doing a whole lot. And His base deception is to try to deceive you into into realising just how real and active He is in our lives. And you see, if He can do that, if He can deceive us to the point in which we disassociate Him from our lives, then we'll never fight Him. But we will waste our own time, energy, emotion battling a battle that is not the real battle. We'll, we'll, We'll start battling ourselves. We'll start battling each other it's like it's not even the real battle right we just we just we've just got ourselves to a point of of unawareness that the enemy is involved he's he's just in some way just just either deceived or tricked or just being so sly that he's just snuck around underneath your level of awareness and he's just he's just flicked some things in the in the recesses of your mind and, and now you're fighting against someone that's like it's not even the battle it's not even the battle Ephesians 6.12 says this. It says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. How often have we got the battle wrong? Like how often have we fought against someone when they're not even the battle. We're not fighting against people. (laughs) Like we're not called to, to rage a war against people that think differently to us, believe things differently. No, we're called to fight a battle in the heavenly spaces. That's why we have a Holy Spirit inside of us because we're actually more aware of the spiritual world that we exist within than we are the physical. We don't, we don't live from the physical in, we live from the spiritual out. And so when there is a battle in the physical, we realise that the real battle is behind that battle. We realise that the real battle is occurring in the spiritual and so we go to a space where we fight the real battle from the real place, right? And so we go to a place so we, we recognise, I might not be fighting that person. I'm fighting the enemy that's behind that person. I'm fighting the enemy that's behind them, putting, putting ideologies and thoughts and whatever it is. That, that, and if we're not aware, we'll spend all this energy and time and effort and whatever fighting the wrong battle. You see, we're not fighting this person. You're not fighting your spouse. <laughs> just like say that. That's not the battle. You're supposed to unite to fight the battle it's so often the enemy just, he just does his work so subtly that before we even realise that we're fighting each other, <laughs> and the enemy is just like smiling. It's like, that's not the battle. That's not the battle, guys. You're not trying to fight with your wife. You're not trying to fight with your kids. You're not trying to fight with your boss. That's not the battle. We have a battle and we have a fight to engage in It's not done with our fists. It's done on our knees. It's done in in, in prayer. It's done by, by loving and forgiving and extending grace. Because the enemy wants us at war with each other. But if but if we read Scripture, we're supposed to act with love to each other, right? It's funny, thinking back to like playing Mario Kart and the only time Bowser won, right? Or, or Donkey Kong won or, or Wario or like whatever whatever your, your nemesis was, right? Like the only time they really won was when me and my mate started shooting each other with red shells. Like if we, didn't, if we didn't start like trying to knock each other off, we weren't too easy, right? Like it's, it, 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 it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't too difficult, right? But the moment we started to have a little bit of fun, I know it's fun on Mario Kart, not in real life, but let's have like, a little bit of fun. Like, like oh, I'm going to get him. I'm just going to play a little banana there and get him. As soon as it became between us, Bowser's gone past. Donkey Kong's gone past. Before I we realised we're back, like down seventh and eighth, it's like that's a travesty, right? For me and Mario Kart, like I can't finish there. But it was when uh, we shifted. We weren't trying to fight. I was trying to fight each other. Together, we're, we're trying to beat everyone else. And the enemy, just he will, he will, he will work, however he can, to make you miss the real battle you know I love I love good movie and you know some some of you may not like this movie that's that's, that's not like a you must watch this movie at all but I, uh, I love watching movies that I've read the books from and, uh, and I read the Hunger Games trilogy a while ago Watched the Hunger Games films when they came out and whatever you think about those films uh, I love you uh, I really liked them and I, I really liked this one moment I think, I'm pretty sure it was in the second movie and um, it was this, you know, the winners were back into the arena and, and Hamish, who's was the, the, the coach, you know, the the uh, of of the, the two from District 12. And he says this to, to Katniss just before she goes in the ring because she's all about like, you know, I'm independent, I'm on my own, you know. And he's been trying to like, trying to, trying to help her realise she needs some allies in this. She needs some allies. And he says to her, he says to her, Katniss, when you get in the arena, don't forget who the real enemy is. Because, you know, the real enemy was not the the people from the, the other districts that she was in that arena with. She wasn't trying to The real enemy was not them. The real enemy was was President Snow, right? Like behind it all, the one that was puppeteering and and orchestrating and pulling all the strings and forcing them to fight against each other. And, And I think sometimes we need to read Scripture and like 1 Peter and be reminded of who the real enemy is. Like when you're out there in your workplace, remember who the real enemy is. When you're at home, remember who the real enemy is. For goodness sake, when you're on social media, remember who the real enemy is. You're not trying to fight against the person that might have a different perspective or opinion than you. Take your battle into the spiritual. Ask God to help you to love that person even if they have a different opinion or perspective. Because you wanna know what Scripture says is really important? Not winning an argument. Maintaining the unity. That's what Scripture says is important. Maintaining the unity of the body. You know we're about to come back in person, and I, I don't want to spend, I don't want to, I don't want to focus this too much because you're going to think I'm focused on one thing. I'm not. This is this is a, a way bigger thing than just the season we're walking through. But the enemy is. He is active right now like never before in the season that we're in, in trying to make us focus on something that is not the real battle. And I just want to tell you that forever we are going to have people in our congregation with different perspectives and opinions and life experience and all kinds of things. If we get this wrong and we make the battle, the the battle of of opinion, if we make the battle, the, the battle that everyone would think the same way that we do about something, then we have got the battle wrong. We are to fight the good fight of faith. We are to fight to love each other. We are to fight to extend grace. We are to fight to, to extend the things that are of the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, if, if, if you find that battle difficult, then go to prayer. Like win that battle in prayer. If you're struggling with someone, pray for them. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you, okay? Because we've got to win the battle in the spiritual. We're not, we're not out there to fight the battle between each other. Scripture says that they would know that we are His disciples by the way we fight each other. No. By the way we express our opinion on social. No. By the way we love each other. By the way we love each other. And that's not just for this season. This is is forever. We should be the greatest beacon of what it looks like to overcome difference with love through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I got, I got lots here, but I'm going over time. And Joyce Meyer says this. She says, resist the devil at his onset. The root source of all lack of peace is the devil. It is not people or even circumstances. It is the devil working through the people or the circumstances. Can we please, as a body of believers, lift our level of awareness of the spiritual enough that we would recognise that He is at work behind the people and the circumstances that you are, might be trying to fight against. Our first battle is to recognise that we are not fighting each other. If we lose that battle, if we allow the enemy's deception to blind us or trick us into operating disconnected from his reality, we will lose our ability to extend love and grace and forgiveness and peace. And and to me, when I read Scripture, they're they're the things I see God wanting us to be extenders of, to bring light and salt into the world, so I wanna pray for us this morning. I'm gonna land the plane right there. I wanna pray for us, you know why? Because we need eyes to see. And we need ears to understand because too often we act from what we see and from what we hear. But really we need eyes to see what is going on, really. We need eyes to see what is going on behind that person. We need eyes, we need ears to, to hear what the enemy is, is chattering away into the hearts and the minds of those that don't believe. We need ears to hear and eyes to see. And so right now, if you feel like, God, I, I need help in this space. I need eyes to see. I need ears. Can you just put your hands out right now? I want to pray for you because I really feel strongly right now that like, I see family reconciliation coming out of this because you're about to begin to see that you're not fighting that person but that there is an enemy out there trying he is hell bent on bringing destruction into your family an extended family and it's not the other person that you need to fight against you need to win this battle in the, in the arena of prayer there is a there is a, a, a demonic thing that you need to pull down in the power of prayer over that family situation and I'm speaking into, into marriages I see spouses reconciling over over something that has been in between them, but it's not the thing. It's that the enemy is making the thing bigger than it needs to be, and you need to go to a place and you need to ask God right now to help you forgive, because forgiveness is going to overcome that thing. Not winning the right, and not winning the perspective, but it is about love and forgiveness. And I want to. I want to pray. I want to pray for you if you need this right now, just. Reach out with a desperation for God to begin to move in your life. Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, God help us see. Help us not to live this life just from the five physical senses, but to add to that eyes to really see and ears to really hear. God, help us to know how to stand firm. But stand firm in faith. Stand firm in prayer to fight the good fight of faith, to use Your Word in in, in the prayer arena to tear down strongholds and spiritual elements and realities, God, I pray right now. In fact, I believe right now, people are beginning to actually get it, they're getting a picture of what is going on behind the scenes, of some of the tension, of some of the of some of the the the, the angst, of some of the conflict that they're facing in their life right now. People are facing conflict in families and you are getting a picture of what the enemy is doing in that space. I believe that this week, God is gonna give you a Scripture to stand on. Let me let me make, let me make it clear. It's not a Scripture to tell that person, okay? You don't, you don't come at people with an attack of Scripture because that's fighting the person. No, no, no. This is for you to go to war in prayer. You, you declare that Scripture over that person, over that situation, that's how we go to war. That's how we fight. That's the real battle. And as I want to pray right now, that 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 scripture would come.